This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, Ryan Sprague here. And before we get to this week's episode, we've got a really great partnership going on right now with Podchaser. Now through April 16th, Podchaser is donating 25 cents to Meals on Wheels America's COVID-19 Response Fund. For every podcast or episode review on Podchaser, you'll be helping those in need during this very challenging time, and you'll also be helping the Summer in the Skies podcast with your reviews. So, be sure to head on over to podchaser.com and just search for Summer in the Skies. You have the benefit of reviewing the show as a whole, or you can also review every episode individually. Every review is a 25 cent donation, so you can literally review as much as you want. That is a substantial amount of donations, so thank you to Podchaser, and thank you to you in advance for helping out. Again, head over to Podchaser.com and just search for Somewhere in the Skies, and let's help individuals and families in need. Be safe, be well, and now, on with the show. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Spread. Hey, Ryan, my name is Brandon, and um, I thought it would take this opportunity to share my story about um, two sightings that I've had in my life. Um, I don't share these with just anybody and everybody, typically. Um, The first event happened back in 2003, and I've shared that with maybe a dozen people since then, Um, people that I trust and I know believe me, um, and trust what I say. And so anyways, I just got inspired listening to, um, others share their encounters and I thought I would, um, do the same. So like I said, the first of the two sightings that I've had happened back in 2003 in the summer. Um, I was in Northern neck part of Virginia, um, towards the coast. Um, and it's a very agricultural rural area um a lot of woodland out there too um my friend jen and i had been out there visiting a friend a mutual friend and we were on our way back to her parents house in southern maryland where we were staying for the night and we were driving along a two-lane road um it was a very dark night um i emphasize that because it made the encounter that we had um, quite a bit more intense, I believe, because 
Uh, it was like a black canvas out that night. There weren't any street lights around. Um, there was just thick woods on both sides of this two-lane road that we were driving along. And it was kind of a straight, narrow road. And so we're riding along, and I'm in the passenger seat. I look down um, to pick out a, a CD out of a CD book that she had. Uh, this was, you know, pre digital music era and um, I'm looking at her CDs and as I'm doing so I see this very intense blue light come pouring in the windshield and so I immediately look up and keep in mind this whole thing lasted maybe five seconds but I remember so vividly every millisecond of it that when I play it out in my head it feels much longer than that. But you know, this blue light fills the car. I look up and to the left above the tree line, um, I see this bright, brilliantly bright blue light uh, that's kind of oblong shaped, kind of shaped like a football. The color was like a little bit lighter of a royal blue color. Um, it was all that same color and it was glowing um, intensely bright. And so in my head, if it had just been me, um, I might have questioned myself. Um, I will point out neither of us were intoxicated in any way, no drugs, no alcohol that night. Uh, we were sober as could be, uh, both of us. And, um, I might have questioned, even though I was sober, that I was, my eyes are playing tricks on me or something like that. But, the second that it clicks in my head, like I'm thinking in my head, what is this? Jen says that exact thing out loud. She's like, what is that? And that made the hair stand up on my arms because to me that added so much validity in that moment. She's seeing it too. Um, so almost immediately, like a second or two after that, after she says that out loud, it went from this stationary position in the sky. And I'll point out, I had nothing to compare it to in the sky because the sky was so dark out. Um, I couldn't tell if it was close and smaller or if it was far away and larger. There was no sense of scale to apply. But it went from completely stationary to just basically gone in like the snap of a finger. And... I know that it didn't just vanish or turn its lights off or something, that it actually quickly jetted away because, again, it was so dark out and this object was so bright that my eyes were able to pick up just a split second of a trail. I saw this blue streak um, take off, which was pretty much parallel with the road we were traveling on. It just shot straight ahead of in the same direction we were going at lightning speed. I can't even begin to fathom how fast. But if it hadn't been for that trail that my eye picked up for just a split second to attest to that, I wouldn't have had any clue what happened to it. Um, now, I can't speak to if it made any sound or not. We did not have the windows down. Uh, we were listening to music, so I can't speak to that portion of it. But what I did witness, both of us, um, we could not explain. Jen got very shook up by it. She was physically shaking. And for our safety, 
I encouraged her to pull over and let me drive the rest of the way home. And so we did that. We traded seats. Uh, once we got back in the car, Jen had the idea. She said, let's not talk about it for now. Let's wait till we get back to my parents' house and I'll get some colored pencils and some paper and we'll draw out what we saw and compare the two and see if we think we saw the same thing. So we did that. We said maybe five words the rest of the ride home. And then we got back to her parents' house in Southern Maryland and um, she went first. She sat at the kitchen table and drew hers out. I sat in the living room and uh, tried to distract myself and calm myself down by watching a couple of minutes of TV. Uh, once she was done, we traded out and I did the same thing. And then we compared the two and we drew the exact same thing, the exact same shape. We used the same color for it. Um, we drew it in the same position above the tree line to our left. It, it was a mirror copy basically of one another. And we felt like that added another layer of validity to the fact that it was something t tangible. It was something that was truly there in the sky in that moment. And it looked and behaved like nothing we had seen before. Uh, so after that, I had always kind of, since I was younger, been a, a believer. I, I always kind of understood the fact that, you know, this universe is infinite and, who are we to say there is not an abundant amount of life out there, whether it be in our own um, reality, our own universe, whether it's coming from some sort of other dimension? You know, I, I have no clue, but I know that the possibility for it to come from elsewhere in this universe, uh, the fact that life certainly exists elsewhere in the universe um, I went into that experience already believing it's fairly likely, but seeing that really added to that, it, 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 it really reinforced the idea that the things that people claim to see, they're probably, you know, a lot of them are probably telling the truth. Of course, a bunch of them are probably making it up and wanting attention, but, it, you know, I experienced it too. I became one of those people. And so, that was my first sighting. The second sighting happened 16 years later. It was actually early fall uh, 2019, just last year. And I stopped at a gas station in Roanoke, Virginia, where I live, and ran in the gas station real quick. Uh, I came back out, and it was a beautiful day. Blue skies, no clouds. Um, it was about 515 in the afternoon. Um, so it was too early for stars to be plentiful in the sky, anything like that. But I happened to look up and I was looking around at the beautiful blue sky and I looked to my right of where I was standing and I kind of turned and I saw this round, solid white object in the sky and it was literally the only thing in the sky. It was the only thing on this blue um, canvas of a sky that I saw. And so I thought, huh, that's interesting. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what could that be? Could that? My first thought was maybe it was a plane or 
a drone or something like that, but it made no noise. In a similar circumstance to the first encounter, it, there was no sense of scale to apply. It was just a, a blue sky with nothing else around it. Um, so I thought, well, if it's a plane, then I'll stand here and watch it from the same perspective for a couple of minutes. And if it gets larger or smaller, then I can assume it's a plane either coming my direction or going away. But I knew it wasn't traveling left or right. It did not sway in that position for a minute. So I'm watching to see if I do see a change in size. Uh, and then after a couple of minutes, it starts erratically moving around the sky and at varying speeds. It went left, right, up, down, diagonal, um, at slower speeds, at very quick speeds where it's like it just like portal jumped to a different part of the sky. Um, and I was by myself in that moment watching it and just flabbergasted trying to figure out what is that. And it's not making any sound. Um, it's quiet as can be. And then I noticed that there's about a dozen other people in the parking lot looking up at the same thing. And while it's bouncing around the sky and, you know, we're all just standing there kind of, you know, bumfuzzled by what we're seeing. And we all end up kind of congregating together in the middle of the parking lot and watching it together for probably 15 minutes. And... Um, I was actually the last to give up on watching it. Um, I was actually the only one that stood there and watched it until it vanished. Um, and I couldn't tell where it went. It just vanished. Um, but everybody stood there for several minutes and we talked. I stood there for at least 15 minutes watching it and could not explain its movements. Um, it did not behave like anything um, that I've ever seen in person or, you know, uh, through video or anything like that. I, I cannot even begin to explain how it was moving in the way that it moved. Um, like I said, it was solid white and I don't know if it was glowing white of its own accord or if it was perhaps reflecting the sun. Um, and that was giving it a white appearance. Um, but again, very erratic, um, aerial vehicles that we've designed at this point in our history cannot and does not move that way. And so um, I did take some video of it, but unfortunately the video is not very compelling because again, with it being a solid blue sky, I'm moving my phone around to keep up, keep it in the frame but you're still just seeing blue everywhere it goes. So when you go back and watch the video without being there, it just looks like a, an object that's staying completely still against this blue sky, but it was actually kind of moving all over the place. So um, anyways, yeah, it, like I said, these experiences just reinforced um, my opinion that there's something that out there that we can't explain. Um, at least the public is not aware of. And able to explain. Um, it doesn't scare me. Um, it excites me. Um, it gets my mind going as to what it could be. Um, and those possibilities, of course, are endless. But, you know, it's, it's apparent when you experience something like that, like so many of your listeners have, that you can't even begin to explain it, that you don't know how to 
put it into a perspective that fits your known reality. It's just something, you know, it was as crazy to me as if a, you know, um, a dragon came flying down out of the air and flew overhead. Like it's, it's just something that doesn't fit our reality, what we know of existence. And to me, that's very exciting. Um, and I hope in my lifetime, um, I'll get more answers. We all will than we are now. So anyways, thanks Ryan. Um, I appreciate you fighting the good fight. Uh, I love your podcast. Avid listener. Keep it up, man. Thanks. Hi, Ryan. My name is Vince Busey. I live in Brunswick, Ohio, which is just right outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And we had just moved into a new house, and our old house was less than a mile away. And my routine was that I would work my 9-to-5 job. And after I'd spend time with the family and eat dinner, I would get ready to go work on the old house uh, to get it ready to sell. One night, I finished up, I'd say about 1 a.m. And on the way home, I entered my development, and I was going west. And I saw something in the sky that I know I had not seen, at least in the last few days. It was probably about visually two inches above the tree line, And it was strange enough that I stopped and got out of my car to take a look at it. Now, granted, I was pretty tired. I looked at it, and I was going to just shrug it off, but I was about a 1,000 feet from my driveway. So I drove that, got in my driveway, got out and took another good look at it, and I just knew something wasn't right about it. And I'll give you an idea of what it looked like. First of all, in the night sky... It was slightly larger than my thumb. And I wouldn't say that it was giving off light. I would say that it was illuminated. It wasn't like shining. But the way I would explain it was it looked like the moon would, low on the horizon on a hazy, humid, dark night. It was just an eerie, like a vanilla-looking white. So anyways... I stood there and I watched it, and then I thought to myself, you know what, no one is going to believe me about this. So I ran into the house. Now, this was a school night, and it was probably 1.30 a.m., and I woke my daughter and my son up. My daughter, 16 years old at this time. My son was 13 years old. I got them to come outside, and... My son, being the skeptic that he is, probably lasted about three minutes taking a look at it. And he said, I'm going inside. But I know that he went inside because he was scared. You could see the fear in his eyes. So he went inside. My daughter and I stayed out in the driveway, watched it a couple more minutes. And then I realized, hey, you know what? I got binoculars. And I knew exactly where they were because I did all the boxing when we moved out of the old house. So I came in, I got the binoculars, and ran back outside, and I took the first few out of the binoculars, and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I was looking at something that was kind of egg-shaped, not as dramatic as an egg shape. It was wider, 
than it was tall. And the best way I can describe it is the bottom of it looked like it was made out of old clad iron, like rivets, like you'd see on an old ship or an old submarine with seams. But it just looked old. And from the halfway point up, it looked really modern. And the best way I could describe the upper part is that is if you were looking from underneath up, looking at a bridge, like with girders. And I remember vividly seeing what looked like lures, like you'd see on an old Z-28 or an old muscle car, you, you see those lures. And then also I remember, and this is going to sound crazy, but the top of it was shaped like a genie's lamp. That's the best way I could describe this thing. I gave the binoculars to my daughter, and she also, she didn't have the words that I had to explain it, but she explained it pretty much the same way that I had said it. So we watched it, I'd say probably for about another five minutes, trading off binoculars. And this thing just was not moving. It was just in the sky, and it was not moving. So I looked at it through the binoculars again, and it scared me to death because something had changed. To me, it looked like it was sitting on top of like a pedestal, like a gray-white pedestal. That's the best way I can explain it. Very rigid edges. So I handed the binoculars to my daughter, and I asked her, tell me what's changed. I didn't want to tell her what I had seen, but I said, tell me what's changed. And she looked at it, and she looked at me, and she said, oh, my God, Dad, that's a beam of light coming out of this thing. So we both, at that point, we were freaked out. And she lasted probably about another two, three minutes, and she was scared to death. She ran inside. I, on the other hand, stood out probably for about another two to three minutes with and without the binoculars. And I, too, felt the exact same thing. I felt fear. I felt dread. I felt like I was seeing something that I was not supposed to see. And ironically enough, that's how my daughter sort of explained it. So I came inside. I was exhausted. And I took a shower. And then I went to bed. Once in bed, I realized I could see this thing still. It was, I could see it right out my window. And then this is when I noticed this thing actually is moving. And it was moving so slow that the only way I could tell was by the frame of my window. I watched it in comparison, and it was moving so slow, like you would see the moon move if you were sky watching. It was moving horizontally, though. And I watched it for at least another 15 minutes and then I don't remember anything I had fallen asleep in the morning I decided I was going to make a call to MUFON and I did that and it must have been a pretty good story because within 24 to 48 hours I had a field rep field investigator at my doorstep and it was really nice to have someone to tell my story to, and he did a great job of showing me with his program what was supposed to be in the night sky 
what was in the night sky and what shouldn't be in the night sky. And what I saw that night was not supposed to be there. I did get some pictures of it, but it was with an old flip phone, but it was still enough to see that there was something there. So my story is on MUFON. It does have a case number. This experience has been both amazing and terrifying, but I cannot wait to hopefully see something like this again. Thank you again, Ryan, for letting me tell my story. And I love your show. Have a good night. Bye. Hey, y'all. Ryan Sprague here. As you all know, the Somewhere in the Skies podcast is always free. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. To consume, but it isn't free to create. That's why I've started the Somewhere in the Skies Patreon campaign. On a monthly basis, you give what you think the show is worth. You'll be helping the show continue, grow, and to be something truly communal. And remember, there are rewards for each level of contribution, and the list is only growing. So please, help Somewhere in the Skies now by becoming a patron. To contribute and to learn more, visit www.patreon.com backslash somewhere skies. Thank you for your support. And now, on with the show. Hey there. I don't know the exact date, but I know it was June of 1970. I was sitting in my bedroom listening to the Phillies game, and then my sister comes running in saying, Ken, Ken, there's a flying saucer outside, screaming at the top of her lungs. And I'm like, yeah, right. And I thought she was just fooling around because she knew I was into reading um, UFO books and whatnot. 
So anyway, I go outside, and I'm like, holy crap. And, and there was a whole bunch of people from the neighborhood looking at this thing. It must have been about 100 feet high off the ground. It was circular, and it had um, multicolored lights going around the center of it. And I do remember that one of the lights was black. I mean, maybe there wasn't a light there, but it was blacked out. The section where the light should have been was blacked out. And um, I just watched it. Then my father came home, and he's like, what's everyone looking at? I'm like, can't you see it right there? And he's like, holy crap, too. (laughs) And um, he took out his binoculars and looked at it, and I asked him, well, what does it look like through binoculars? He says, the same, only bigger. (laughs) And then... (laughs) Well, and then after about, we watched this for about an hour, the lights just went out on the thing, and where it used to be was just blank space in the sky there. And then that was it, and I went inside, and every hour I'm coming out, well, actually every half hour I'm coming out to see if it came back, but it never did. So I was 18 and in college at... University of Colorado at Boulder. So I was in Boulder, Colorado. And if you don't know, Colorado near the Denver area is actually, or just Colorado in general, I think, they have a lot of UFO sightings in Colorado. I wasn't thinking about that though at the time. So it was a nighttime thing. I was out bored and no friends. This was my first semester of college and I decided to climb the, it's ironic because I climbed the astronomy building it was like the side of the building was like it wasn't very tall it was like slanted and they had like bricks going up kind of like a pyramid i don't know how to describe it so i climbed up the side of it and was sitting up there you know doing whatever so i'm looking up at the stars and i see this constellation it's like a square but it's like moving slowly very slowly like and i'm like that is weird so i'm watching it and i'm like There's no way those are stars. They're not airplanes because they don't move. They're not making noise. It wasn't helicopters. It was just silent, like moving across the sky slowly. So I was like, that's weird. I didn't really think anything of it. And so I was like, that's strange. Anyway, I'm sitting there still right after that. I don't remember how long it was going for. Right after that, though, this... V formation of lights looking like stars, but much lower than the first one. And when I say V formation, it's like, you know, when geese are flying south for the winter, wherever, wherever they fly and they fly in that V formation, this is how those stars were aligned and they flew over fast, like and low and no sound flew over quick. And I was like, shook. I was like, whoa, what the heck was that? I was like, really shook up about that. And so I was like, oh my God, that was UFOs. That's weird. So I called my dad, I climb up off the tower and I call my dad because he's into conspiracies and UFOs and all that. And I'm telling him about it. And all of a sudden my phone disconnects and I can't call out for like 10 minutes. And eventually he was able to call back and he was scared because it was saying like the number you're trying to reach is like out of like service area. I don't know. It was a weird message we never heard before, but I totally believe in UFOs. Now, when I say I believe in UFOs, Colorado has a lot of military installations. So when I say UFO, it could have been it's just an unidentified flying object. It could have been 
government technology. It could have been like top secret technology or it could have been aliens. I don't know. I'm open to all things. I have a very open mind, but I've definitely seen them. When I moved to New Orleans, I've seen UFOs as well. Now here, when I saw UFOs, when I saw the, the UFOs in Colorado, they were like, like the color of stars, so white, I guess. They just literally look like stars that are moving fast. So, But when I moved here, I'm, I've seen UFOs like that before, too. But I've also seen they were red. And they will... At first, I think they're like airplanes. But when you watch them, they're not moving like airplanes because they'll, they'll like stop or they will zoom around or they they just don't move like planes you know they'll go up down whatever for a moment in my life i was like obsessed with it like always looking outside always looking in the sky to see if there's ufos that drove me a little bit crazy (laughs) so then i let it go but i've definitely seen ufos multiple times and you know i just i don't understand it or what's going on and i believe that they are there and they are there And I'm like, I see you. I know you are there. But what can I do about it? Nothing. They're real. And I've never had anything happen where, like, they land or I see any aliens. Because that would probably just shake me to my core. And I don't know if I'd survive. You know? And that's all I got to say on that. Uh, hello. Um, my name is Andy. Um, and I wanted to share a, uh... UFO experience I had with uh, two of my friends uh, back in uh, 2003. Um, it was in the Sierra Cascades, uh, Northern California. It was west, northwest of Lake Philbrook, which is, I'd say, 20 miles north, northeast of uh, Sterling City, California. Dirt roads, you know, a lot of logging roads up there. And uh, I want to say it was July, being there's, uh, at that altitude, it's around 7,000 feet. There's usually snow around eight months out of the year. And when we were up there, there was no snow. Um, We were in t-shirts. It was warm weather, so it had to have been right at at the hot hot point of of summer. Anyway, uh, I guess I'll get started. So, we... uh, like always, uh, you know, we drive up those logging roads. I had an old 1970 Ford pickup uh, sport custom truck. I love that thing. Went everywhere and anywhere we possibly could uh, in the mountains up in this area. So we, we found plenty of places to camp. Um, and one one place we liked uh, in particular, uh, it was an old, old logging uh, ground and it was a pretty nice spot. It was like being in a miniature forest. But anyway, uh, me and my friend Jason and Ira uh, drove up in my truck. Uh, and I get there. And it, at that time, it was still still daytime when we got there. You know, we just you know hung out for a while, went hiking, did what we usually do. Just explored the area, talked about random stuff. Uh, at the time, Ira was uh, uh, really really delving into Christianity and and he was really fascinated with revelations in particular at that time so he he brought his bible and he uh, 
kind of tortured uh, me and Jason a little bit, uh, talking, you know, just reading, reading out of Revelations and basically saying the world was going to end at any time. And anyway, we just kind of let him do his thing and kind of fun to philosophize it out anyway. Uh, I don't know what time it was. Son had been down for an hour or two at this point. And, you know, he had a fire already and cooked her cooked her meals and we were just sitting in the back of the truck and yeah I first thing I remember is hearing it and it's really really difficult for me to describe I cannot make the sound I can't mimic the sound with my own voice and I don't know if I could even do it really maybe with a computer I don't know but uh the best way I can describe it if you can imagine a two-stroke motorcycle idling and then mix that with a dog growling uh, and then submerge both of those sounds in water so they're they're bubbling so it's like a muffled uh underwater motorcycle that's idling but growling at the same time that's what we heard you're gonna have to use your imagination i guess Anyway, that that's the first thing, and you know, I'm like, what? And, you know, I look at Jason, I look at her, and kind of like, okay, like this is a weird sound, and and I I look up, and it had to have been at the very least, the very least, a large craft the size of an entire football stadium, not just the field, but the whole entire stadium, just giant giant you know I, w- I would say maybe uh, uh half a mile to a, a mile across almost even uh at the very least a, a full football stadium in size um and it was going really slow it was it went directly directly or almost centered perfectly centered almost uh above my truck and us um Anyway, the second thing I noticed when I when I finally noticed it uh, was the stars were blotted out, like a huge swath of the sky was was blotted out. That's was, that was the second thing I noticed after the sound. Third thing I noticed was the weird light pattern. Um, there was a crescent light pattern in the front, uh, and then a line that went directly down the middle, and then. Uh, a circular shape of lights in the back. They're all white. Um, I'd say the crescent portion had five white lights. Uh, then there was five or six running down the middle. These are large, large lights. Uh, five or six running down the middle. And then uh, at the back, it was, uh, I don't know, five, five, I think, again, lights that were in a circular pattern. And the silhouette of this uh, craft was uh, if you were to take, I don't know, three quarters of an egg, so cut off a quarter of an egg, just the end of it, and then put a golf ball up against it. So you have three quarters of an egg running into a golf ball. That was the shape of this thing, except it's the size of a football stadium. And it's making this weird sound, and it's very, very slowly cruising over, directly over us. So we, we, you know, I look up, and I look down at my friends, and they're all looking up, and they're looking at it, obviously. And Ira, his, he just stopped reading. His mouth is just jaw-dropped, eyes wide open. He, 
he didn't talk the whole time, actually. And me and Jason are looking at each other, looking up, looking at each other, like, like, okay, what is that? You know, what the hell is that? What is that sound? Just like, you know, we didn't know what the hell we were looking at. <laughs> we could see it, and we could hear it. We all knew each other were seeing and hearing it, but none of us, like, still, like, really believed what we were looking at. And after couple minutes we we just didn't talk to each other we just watched this thing slowly cruise across the skyline it was we watched it for a good 10 minutes it had to have been at least 10 minutes i mean it was it wasn't going fast and it didn't zip off or you know disappear or anything it just slowly creeped out of our sight over the tree line until we couldn't see it anymore and you know I've had a few of these encounters, and the, one of the weird things about them is when they happen, uh, me and the people I'm with, we don't talk about it the next day, and we don't even talk about it the day after that. Uh, we, we don't talk about it for months. We always end up waiting a year or two before we bring it up again, and then when we do, it's kind of just, like, awkward and weird. So anyway, I'd say a year or two later, I... I tried talking to Ira about it and he he wouldn't do it he said I'm not going to talk about this with you this goes against my belief system I can't do it Um, he he at that time was very very full blown I don't want to say Christian because he was very very adamant (laughs) about his beliefs let's just put it that way and so Anyway, he, he wouldn't talk about it. I have never been able to get him to talk about it, and now I haven't spoken to him for years, and I don't know what he's up to or anything, but um, uh, Jason, the other guy was there um, back in, uh, I think it was 2011, um, so it was that eight years after uh, the sighting. Um, me and him were roommates we roommated uh with each other moved into a house together um and one night you know i just kind of brought it up and i was you know and we started talking about it and talking about the sound and everything and then he starts describing what it looked like and i'm like wait that just doesn't sound right because he started talking about red lights i'm thinking well i didn't see i only saw white lights so i asked him i was like okay you draw what you saw i'll draw draw what i saw he described the sound being exactly the same, like the dog growling, a motorcycle underwater. He described the size being exactly the same, just a massive football stadium size thing that just creeped over. It's very perplexing. This is this is probably as mind-boggling, if not more so mind-boggling, than the encounter itself. Okay, what I, what I drew is what I described earlier. The crescent-shaped lights, the egg and the circle, and, you know, white lights. And a total of, you know, maybe 15 to 20 lights. What he describes is a perfect square with, I'd say, two or three dozen bright red smaller lights lining the edges. That's what he saw go over us that night. A massive football stadium-sized square with red lights. 
I saw a massive football stadium, ovally shaped, circular shaped, white light. <laughs> so, uh, that to me, it definitely provided way more questions I have about that whole, all of it, any UFO counter, any paranoia, any supernatural, any of it. I have more questions about that stuff than I do answers. Because it just, I don't know, it wasn't we just saw something fly over us. It's we describe it in two completely different ways, visually anyway. Um, Not as far as size, but as far as shape and uh, color goes. And it's extremely confusing to me. I don't know, I don't know. I, I, I am... Even though I'm the one saying this, and and there are skeptics out there, they're probably gonna listen to this and you know be like, "Oh man, he's full of crap." You have to understand something. I am the biggest skeptic in this whole thing because I have no idea. I do not have a single answer on what happened that night. I don't know if it was a figment of our imaginations. We all shared some hallucination somehow. Some plant, I don't know. Some implanted, I don't know. That's what I keep hearing. People are like, oh, you're just sharing hallucinations. And, and that, then the people call it a day. They don't provide any evidence that we're sharing hallucinations. They just say, you're, you're, oh, you're just sharing hallucinations. It's like, well, okay, if that's what's happening, how the hell are people all over the world sharing hallucinations simultaneously at the exact same time in the middle of the damn woods, especially? How does that happen? What's causing that? Uh, anyway, I have a million questions. I don't know what we saw, how it was even possible, because nothing man-made that we know of anyway. That's, uh, there's nothing. We can never, as far as we know, <laughs> as far as we know, the general population puts something the size of a football stadium in the sky and have it just, you know, kind of creep by. There's, we just, no, we don't, we don't have that technology or we do. And only a few people know about it. So I have no idea what we saw that night. I don't know if it was real, if it was aliens, if it was a hallucination, if it was, I don't know. But anyway, I just figured I'd, I'd share it. Um, maybe someone around the area uh, around that time, saw something similar. Um, that's about all I can hope for. Maybe somebody else has had a similar experience somewhere else in the world where them and their friends saw something, but they kind of perceive it differently. But they're all sure that they saw something. But yeah, so uh, that's that's one of my experiences. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, if you want to see this kind of stuff for yourself the only thing i can say is get out in the middle of nowhere as often as possible because all the most amazing things as far as this kind of thing goes uh, i've mostly been out in the middle of nowhere when i saw them and i've had a pretty good view of the sky when it all happened so point being if you're sitting at home watching tv or you know, sitting on your cell phone, or even if you do go out and you're just, you know, face down uh, into your tablet, you're probably not going to experience anything like this. Or maybe you will. I don't know. Get outside. That's all I know. (laughs) So, anyway, thank you.
I think we have a story that is maybe going to pull us back into the UFO world, a world that we probably both thought we escaped from maybe 20 years ago. So we'll, we'll share the story with Ryan and we'll see what he and his, his listeners think. I'm Jordan Bonaparte. I host a show called The Nighttime Podcast, which covers Canadian crime and mysteries and UFO stories from across Canada. You are my brother, Jay, and tell us a bit about you. Well, I, I live in Ottawa right now and uh, play in a band called Paragon Cause, so we record a bunch of music and all that stuff, and then I actually work in the hospital here in Ottawa as well. We both um, had a UFO experience maybe... I guess this was probably 25 years ago in Sydney, Nova Scotia. And I believe I was probably about seven or eight years old. So that would have put it probably late 80s. Is that when you yeah, remember Yeah, that happened? sounds about right. I'm guessing I was 11, 12, that age. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just us. Like the way it went down is... And this is one of those things where I'm, I'm sure we both have a different recollection of it. But the way I remember it, it was like a school night... And we were at the top of the street in someone's backyard in the winter sledding. And it was like you and I, as well as all the neighborhood kids. Like, I remember everyone being there. Yeah, there was like me, you, and maybe 10, 12 other kids. Like, I remember a bunch. I remember exactly who I was standing next to, who I was with. And it was the hill that we always went on. We were there every night in the winter sledding in the backyard. Yeah, and the way the yard went is, like, our street was kind of a dead-end street kind of built onto a hill and, and when you were sledding you were kind of going from the street down into like the woods that was you know surrounded our dead end street so it was yeah not there like, was like a boundary where the trees started at the bottom of the hill yeah exactly and so again it was it was a school night sun it, it couldn't have been that late because it was all the neighborhood kids that were out but the sun was certainly down it was nighttime it was a dark sky backlight floodlight was on so it was late enough that I remember there was a floodlight yeah. Illuminating the backyard. Yeah, exactly. So when you were down the hill, you were like down in the darkness. Then you would pull your sled up the hill up into the lit backyard is the way I, I recall it. And Exactly. The, the way I, I remember it is I slid down the hill and I was among the younger kids because most of the kids were like a year, three or four years older than me. Most of them were around your age. So I remember being down the bottom of the hill, looking up at everyone kind of slowly coming down the hill and whatnot, sledding. And the way I remember it happening was... This bizarre sound that almost sounded like just every bit of sound getting sucked out of the sky and out of the world. Like, I remembered, like, a second of split silence followed by the brightest light that I've ever seen. Like, it went from darkness to brighter than daylight instantly. Yeah, so the weird thing is, me and you, I don't think we've talked about this. Never never like we are now, no. No. And so, like, you're telling me that story kind of gave me the chills, because my recollection is I was standing next to my friend Brian, and I remember, it's weird, because it's, like, clear as day. I remember me and Brian are like, all right, let's go down the hill, and we were kids, are like, let's count to five, and we'll go. So we counted, and we went down the hill, and I remember it's kind of laughing. And to me, what I remember is, again, the trees, the the woods, the, there's just that sound of the outdoors and then all of a sudden it just stopped like nothing existed there was no sound it wasn't that it was quiet is that sound was gone mm -hmm. and it, to me it felt like slow motion like i felt like time stopped and i remember standing up and then again instantaneously within you know 
milliseconds, there was this light that felt like it was literally a, just a foot above my head that was so bright. But at the same time, I remember thinking that it was incredibly bright, but it wasn't really blinding me. Like I could see the light and it was crazy bright. And I remember this slow motion feeling. I started turning my head to look up at the sky because I wanted to know what it was. And I felt, and I still to this day remember it. And it was like slow motion. And as I looked up, what I remember is just this crazy light. Like I couldn't see anything. And then I remember it just kind of sucked itself into like a ball almost. And then just I seen it just kind of shoot off in, into the sky, but not like horizontally, like into the sky and then just go away. Mm-hmm. And, but I could see it like fly off into space, basically. Yeah, I I have the exact same memory. I remember when the light came and I realized like all of a sudden it was incredibly bright. I remember kind of shielding my eyes and I can I almost had this vision burnt into my mind of like looking up at the hill, probably looking for my older brother, you. And I remember seeing all the kids kind of just standing there, you know, looking at the sky and down at me. And I remember like the really hard shadow on the ground, like every kid had like. You know, like as a photographer, if you have the flash on, you get a really nasty shadow. I just remember this vision of all the kids with their like sleds in their hand, you know, with a bright light shining on them. And at the same thing as what you said, I remember looking up and as I did, I almost describe it as like the light being sucked into like the vacuum of space because it just yeah exactly it just that's exactly what it was yeah it just got smaller and just went away and as it went away the sound of the world came back kind of at the same pace and i don't know about you but what i remember is silence but then once it went away kids started screaming Mm -hmm. and crying and everybody ran home to their parents yeah into their houses yeah like it was great chaos I should ask dad about it because I, I do remember you and I and Brian and like all the kids just running down the street freaking yep. out. And I don't remember if we used the word UFO or like what we thought had happened, but I do remember yeah. like running home and like running upset and telling dad what had happened. The other thing I remember though is I remember when it happened, I, I was looking towards the woods and there was actually, I could see, I remember seeing like a line where the it wasn't like a light that was diffusing and it was like a like a like a like a a bulb outside i remember seeing a distinct line where the light stopped hmm. and there was darkness beyond it it was very very weird like it was light that whatever it was it wasn't normal light like it was not normal it wasn't a spotlight from a helicopter like it was abnormal and i'm sure you'd agree like yeah even felt it even felt different yeah like the- it felt different yeah the way i remember it is it it did feel like the light was kind of um in an area around us like there was spots like beyond where we were that were still dark yeah but it wasn't a spotlight like you said for for one where we live there would never be a helicopter above a shining light to the kids but never but it was also a bigger area like it would have lit up probably the area of like one or two you know uh two um yards that a house would be sitting on. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other important thing is like behind this house, the woods behind our house is like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. There's nothing else behind it. It's not like there's a little bit of forest and then another street. Like it is the forest until you hit water, basically. Yeah, the ocean. (laughs) Eventually you would get to. Exactly. 
but and I, I actually brought this up with this guy Brian, and he won't talk about it. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. He won't talk about this. Um, I have no idea why. It's hmm. it's bizarre, um, it's super bizarre. But it's a it's a weird thing because you know you you experience that, and I think you probably agree. Like when people ask me if UFO exists, I'm like, yeah, I see. Like there's no, I'm not crazy. I'm a normal person. It it is what it is. It's not. There's no other explanation. Like this is, it was there, and it kind of changes your your perspective on life and your perspective in general because it's weird when you know, but no one believes you. But at the same time, you're like, I know. <laughs> Trust <Yeah>. me. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. Well, we'll we'll give this story to Ryan, and you never know. Maybe we'll excite him, and he'll investigate it, and we can figure mm-hmm. out what the hell happened. Definitely. All right, Jamie. Well, thanks for uh, for chatting this out with me, and. Hopefully Ryan can look into it, and maybe this will even inspire the next Paragon Cause song. Like, you guys should do something about this. It, uh, it already has. I think we may, right? We just, you know, we're releasing a new album this week, on, the, on next Friday, actually, on the 17th. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for that UFO, I wouldn't have the talent to play the guitar, because I'm pretty sure they installed that in me. <laughs> so I owe them a lot of money. There you go. Well, this is perfect, Jay. Thanks for talking it out. Thank you. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.